Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. So many people are constantly trying to figure out how can I deal with pain and people weren't putting cannabis on their skin. I was just like, this is it. This is like the gap and this is my calling to get topicals everywhere. This is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. I am Joyce, and welcome back to the Cannamom Show. Um, hey, Dave, have you seen hey. the new MLK Monument in Boston Common yet? I have not. It's the Embrace, I believe it's the correct title. Oh, okay. It's like a bunch of hands together. Coretta Scott King yep. and Martin Luther King Jr., who it's like an embrace from like an image when they he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. And did you know they met in Boston? I knew he, didn't he get a graduate degree at BU? I want to say that was his uh, Boston connection, but so it doesn't surprise me. It, it, actually, I have a funny dog, cannabis, I mean, not it's not a cannabis story, sorry. It's a dog, uh, MLK, can, Cambridge story. I, used to, I have a dog still, she's 17, but when I used to go to the dog park a lot, there was a woman there who was in her 70s or 80s at the time who was at the BU School of Social Work back in the day and had gone to hear him speak at a sermon because he was her classmate, mm-hmm. she said. And he asked her, a nice Jewish girl from Marblehead, I think, white girl, mm-hmm. went into Roxbury in the 60s <laughs> mm-hmm. to hear this young preacher speak. And she still obviously remembers it. And she would tell me that story in the dog park. I thought that was awesome. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a photo 
of the thing now and it's it's now i want to go see it it's striking i'm gonna i'm trying to call it up here and i'm failing well it's a, it's an audio only podcast anyways which is I good because i think i'm having a bad hair day i don't know what's going on so um, all right so uh service so service it was an important pivotal part of dr king's message in my city cambridge massachusetts we hold an mlk day of service on this the monday that is always his holiday and we we sewed fleece, blankets, and scars are being distributed for unhoused families and new moms. So, oh, yeah, there it is. Dave mm-hmm. pulled it up. It's sort of like literal and then kind of goes off into nowhere. It's a little bit hard to describe, but it's definitely arms embracing. Yeah, it's kind of somewhere between the like the statue of a real person, like the one they have of Bill Russell and abstract art. But it's very cool. It's very striking looking. So I'd like to go into Boston. I'm going to check it out. It'll be nice in the spring. Another in, in central, right? In the middle of our city. So MLK had an amazing his message. is pretty radical, still radical today. And that he's still influencing the future is good. So for sure. Yep. And uh, craftivism. So my craftivism, I've even had, I actually still go to a library and yes. I was there today <laughs> picking up a book and they're doing a cool craft project to yep. engage people. It's called craftivism. Like it's good for introverts because we don't have to actually talk to each other, but we can be together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So funny. And then a little Massachusetts can of gossip on the Cannabis Control Commission. I don't know if you heard about their announcement in December, right before our new governor, Maury Healy, my friend, yeah. uh, was sworn in. So Governor Baker announced that, quote, mass driving schools would begin teaching a first in the nation curriculum, warning teens against driving stoned. The plan seemed to have the blessing of the state CCC, but Apparently that was not complete. I'm not familiar with all the commissioners. There's a little bit of a scuffle between Commissioner Roy and Stebbins, I believe, and Commissioner Camargo. She was concerned that this new that this new curriculum was not evidence-based, which is a problem, and could encourage young drivers to get high. So marketing is very tricky. Mm. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I've always wondered about this. I, I know that it is just as it's illegal to be over the limit of alcohol in your blood when driving. It is illegal to be on the, to be under the influence of marijuana and driving, but how, how do you know how that takes place? Like, can, can they give you a a blood? Do you have to submit to a blood test? So again, cannabis, let's just back. Alcohol is literally a poison. So your body gets rid of it very quickly. Right. So, like it. So, I'm, so when you're pulled over and you're like breathalyzer, that is what you are at the moment. And cannabis is a very different, works very differently with your biology. And it remains within your system because it's good for you and it helps you. So this idea that you can, and like another, I can get on my pedestal. And another issue is that, especially if you're a medical cannabis consumer, whatever you're, whatever they figure out how to measure you, if you're a cannabis, cons- you know, you have a tolerance to this. So you're actually functioning at a level you've, it's, I often say about this, like, you're not always going to feel high. Everyone's so afraid of feeling high. Mm. Oftentimes, you just feel normal. Mm. Like, all of a sudden, you will feel okay. So when you're a medical cannabis consumer, you're feeling good about it. You feel healthy. So it's. I think it's a very hard thing to measure. So I think that's why there's a lot of... Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's a, tr- yeah. it's a tricky thing. And I don't know if I'm way off base with this, but I've, I've never, if ever, heard of a drunk driver involving someone who was just high on marijuana. Sometimes they've got other drugs in their system and alcohol as well, but because you're more focused, like I say with the parenting thing, like if I had consumed cannabis when our kids were little, I would have liked them better. I would have been more engaged (laughs) with them. I would have been more focused on them. (laughs) I would have been more centered and present, which is what you actually need to be, to be a good driver, which is why distraction is so 
such a problem. Right. So this idea that you are in your well, you're in your body, you're in a state, and you're focused on one thing. I don't know. I I'm should be in the commission. I'm like advocate for stone driving. I, I don't really mean it that way. But again, I think it's hard. I think it is a very hard thing to measure. And everyone's always so focused on safety. And this is the thing that gets politicians so caught up in this issue. Yeah, well, you could argue that the being drunk causes drunk driving, causes accidents. Other things cause accidents. Being distracted and looking down at your phone. Being anxious. And, and what helps alleviate anxiousness? Cannabis. Road rage. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a road rage incident involving someone who had taken some cannabis? I doubt they're it. Like, they're like, they're fine. I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> right. They might show up late. That's Showing up late is a lot better than not showing up at all. True, people. All right. So I do have a guess. I got one more thing to get through. I just want to give a shout out for the upcoming NECAN conference, March 10 to 12, the 2023 New England Cannabis Convention, also known as the annual meeting of the East Coast Cannabis Industry is back in addition to the annual New England Cannabis Community Awards, which the Cannamom Show was a recipient of last year, which honor we honor some of the people and organizations obviously putting good work in and the New England Cannabis Award winners showcasing the best cannabis grown in the Northeast. I am told that this year's event will be the largest ever, proving once again that when it comes to convention, if it isn't NECAN, it's not the New England cannabis industry. And that's not even a paid for plug. It's just because I go over here. So And so is today's guest. So there we go. <laughs> All right, moving on. That was a lot of talk. Dave, you're like really, I feel like we have a good vibe on the cannabis discussion now. Like <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have been a, a regular visitor to the cannabis, the dispensary near my home. I mean, it's amazing because I, I used to go to the one near Foxborough Stadium, and I live in Foxborough now, and that was maybe a 10-minute drive, if that. I just discovered there's one even closer, so they're everywhere. <laughs> it's like 240 my, my goal is to visit a new one every week and bring a new friend so mm. if you want to visit a dispensary with me and you haven't seen me in a while reach out i'll be in your neighborhood soon okay <laughs> now you gave me a show and tell assignment joyce this photo did, did oh yeah like... oh, i forgot oh yeah so before well I, it's gonna bring it up as i have you can bring it up and you want to bring it up you do, yeah you bring do it, bring it up right now and i'm going to okay. introduce today's guest so today's guest Today's guest was one of the very first people I met in the mass cannabis way back in 2017, I think, and I've been using her products ever since. You could say I'm a super fan. With her now husband, they founded The Healing Rose in 2016, a MDAR licensed processor, handcrafting body care and oils using certified organic essential oils, carrier oils, butters, waxes, and herbs. The Healing Rose creates handcrafted products in small batches with love and healing intentions, and you can find their products in over 200 retail locations, including 75 mass dispensaries. And if that were not enough, she is also an active Canna community member and the mom of twins. I'm so happy to introduce you today to the co-founder of The Healing Rose, my favorite brand, my friend, Laura Beener. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Right. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so grateful for all your support over the years. All right. So before I begin, I just I'm, I know this is an audio only podcast, but I am pulling up a picture of me. This is from 2020 when I first set up my cannabis podcast studio in my daughter's bedroom. And look what is on the shelf. My stockpile. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Because I did not know anything would be essential, so I needed it. So. And we know you can't see this photo, listeners, so I'll, I'll quickly <laughs> describe. But it's Joyce. She's looking very happy and like she's about to launch something very exciting. She's got the microphone and everything. And your your so-called workspace, your podcast workspace, is so nicely like lived in and everything. I, I just thought of this because 
my son and I are huge fans of the TV show, The Office, so much so that sometimes we study things on the set. And so that's a fake TV show. So they, they try to put things around to make it look busy and things are happening and things are written on walls. Yours is genuine. There's all kinds of this stuff taped up to the wall. You got scribbles on your whiteboard behind there. It's just I'm very a, analog, people. It's just a I'm lot very analog. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love to see it. There's six feeling rose solves right there. She's got her whole bundle. She's ready to go. I'm good to go. So this isn't really about me. It is about Laura. But all right. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that I am truly a super fan. And I just did this bike trip in Greece. And you know what I brought with me? The eucalyptus. This stuff is a miracle. I don't know what's in it. It's like magic. So. <laughs> yes, we we are super into using not just cannabinoids, but also herbal infusions and purposefully chosen botanicals to really create that synergy that just really helps us, I think, stand out from just regular CBD salts. I do too. So let's start from the beginning. So you're still very young, but you start even younger. So can you just talk about your early canna story, how you used it for your own health and wellness and how was your parents' reaction to like what you were doing because you you were a good girl and you're doing really well but what how were you how did you get introduced to this plant yeah so i guess starting at the beginning i first discovered cannabis right after high school so right before college I and mean, the first time i mean i had kind of like been at seen it throughout high school but been really like that's not me i'm an athlete i don't want to smoke i don't want to put anything in my lungs and as soon as i finished high school and my sports days were kind of in limbo. I wasn't sure if I was going to play in college. I was like, let's try it. And the first time I remember getting high, my anxiety just melted away. I mean, it didn't feel like anything that was like bad. It was just felt just amazing. I had like a lift of anxiety. I could feel like my leg, I had a knee injury that happened in high school. So a few months prior, and I could just feel like this tingly amazingness in my knee, like all the relief going away. It was just like, wow, this is incredible. And then that, I, from that moment on, I just, I loved cannabis. As soon as I could become a medical patient in Massachusetts, I did. So I think that was like 2012 or 2013. And I had dove right into the community then. So I was going to the high times cannabis cup in 2013. I would go to all like the local underground events. And then when I went to Northeastern for my um, business degree, I wrote every paper I could on cannabis. I was like, a you, you, actually, because I, I talk about I'm a Northeastern grad. My husband yeah. is, my dad was, my grandfather was. Northeast. I have a crazy Northeastern connection. But so were you doing this on co-op or like, what were you, how were you introducing people to this fact that you were cannabis enthusiasts? I mean, anytime we'd go around class and be like, what industry you'd want to work in? I'd be like, I want to work with cannabis. And like any paper we could write about any industry, I'd be like, oh, I'm writing about cannabis. And like any, any the, literally anything I could what, apply what, to cannabis. What were, the, what were the reactions to the professors that you were working um, with? <laughs> some of them were like a little bit less impressed. I'll never forget my singing coach. She was, I mean, that's not really cannabis related, but when I told her I wanted to go on cannabis, her face dropped and she looked like I said, I wanted to do something awful. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect that. I was like, I thought you heard me first day when I said cannabis, but she must not have known the word. So she, then she's like, so what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to the cannabis industry. And she's like, oh. And I, I was like, oh, she has some stigma behind this plant. But like a lot of my teachers are really open to it, of course. That's hysterical. All right. So I was going to ask, that's hysterical. All right. So I know at some point you went out to Colorado. Colorado is part of my own cannabis awakening story. It must be part of everyone's in the early days. So yes. how was, you know, how was Colorado connected to you? You obviously you were in Boston. How did you get out there? And yeah. yeah, my one of my best friends was like, do you want to go to the High Times Cup? Can cannabis had just legalized in Denver. So this is it's like, like it's hitting. Like just yeah, so 2013, I think, right? Was yep. Yeah. So we went out there in April. It was weed, the whole like Denver smelled like weed. There was just like weed everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, this is 
this is the future. And so into the High Times Cup, I remember taking like 12 dabs in like 20 minutes and my friends got way too high. And then I wasn't too high. I was like, I could keep going. And I'm like, maybe I have something here with this plant that like, it's just like my plant, this is my industry. And I just remember looking around and being like, I love everything about the people here. And not just the plant, but even just like the community and the products and just seeing out there when you go out West, I went out to Chalice in 2016 and you just see like so much more, so many brands, so many different unique products. And it's just like so inspirational. I mean, that's where I first saw bath bombs and things like that, that no one was making on the East coast. So like the, it you, really have to, you, have, like, you have to like see the thing that you want to make. And I, I talk a lot about you, the women I'm talking to in the industry, you become the women you needed to, you need, you needed basically. So a lot of you who are the pioneers are doing this. So you're young though. How old were you when you were out there? Oh, so that would have been when I was like 22. Oh, you're okay. So you're inspirational. You're finding yeah. a mission. All right. So you get there, you come back to Massachusetts and yeah, then what happens? And yeah, it's actually, so, can you tell me what the High Times Cup is? Just because not everyone would know. Sure. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's just like a big out there, out in Denver. It was probably like 300, 400 vendors. So think about like a cannabis farmer's market, I guess. <laughs> and and then in like 2016, when I mentioned Chalice was a hash competition. And that was out in California where there was like 500, 600 vendors. And there's people from all over the country coming in with their cannabis and competing for like different competitions. That will probably never happen again with how regulation is. So to be there to witness it was was amazing. I hope you have a record for your girls. Okay. All right. So you come back to Massachusetts and then how did you come up with the Healing Rose and how have you worked with your life partner and business partner? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm so lucky to work with Zach. But so when I graduated from Northeastern was early 2016 and I dove right into like, how can I become part of the local cannabis industry that was forming? So I got involved with Women Grow. Then I sh- quickly became a chair for Women Grow Boston, putting on networking events. Then I dislocated my kneecap summer of 2016. I had a topical I bought that had cannabis. It used a bunch of herbs and essential oils in it. And I had put that on my knee when I dislocated it. I was down in Philadelphia when it happened. I was so desperate. I was in so much pain and I put the solve on and it just instantly melted away so much of what I was feeling. And it was just like that light bulb moment of like, oh my God, so many people are in pain. So many people are constantly trying to figure out how can I deal with pain, whether it's through pharmaceuticals or who knows every, all the different types of healing modalities that people try to use to heal themselves from pain and people weren't putting cannabis on their skin. And also learning about herbs and things like that shortly after, I was just like, this is it. This is like the gap. And this is my calling to get topicals everywhere. So did you, did you know, did you understand what CBD was at that time or what was your, I was was at that time, I was like, cannabis is passing in mass. It's probably going to be selling into stores next year. Cause I was just so optimistic thinking, oh yeah, THC sales, I'm sure will happen right away in Massachusetts. I talked to one of my friends, Kara Crab Burnham. And she was one of my very first guests. I love her. Oh my God. (laughs) Shout out to Kara. And she was like, Laura, do you think that cannabis sales for recreation are going to happen anytime soon? And like, think about it. Think about how much of this, how this state works. And I was like, she's so right. Like I can't make these and sell these and make a living anytime soon. So that was the quick pivot shortly after kind of launching in December of 2016. It's probably February of 2017. We made that pivot, went to CBD please with Bill Downing. And then we were getting extract through him for a while in those early, early days when it was like 40,000 a kilo. And it was so like, I, so I, so I will say, so I met you, I probably met you at a, um, 
Elevate North or Grove. I don't know if they're they're Elevate back an Elevate event. Yep. And so had your original idea was to make salads with THC in it. Was that really is that the one you tried? Yeah, that's like what I was making in my kitchen and okay. giving out for free. And then it was like literally a month into that of like giving out the samples and be like, I'm going to start a THC brand that Kara's like, not for years. <laughs> She's a realist, <laughs> our friend Kara. So, um, yeah, and so- then I was like, we have something here. So let's let's try CBD. It seems like this is legal. We can sell it. It was in the early days, but yeah. And you were, and you were coming at this from a business perspective, not ne- necessarily a, like, did you know how to make sales? Was this something you'd known how to do before? So this comes, this is where Zach comes in. He actually, my partner, he went to culinary school and he did many years as a chef. And he is just like the, we have such different minds. We're so yin and yang. I'm like the marketing, the people person. He is so good with formulations and problem solving and like tinkering and just like, what if I added a little bit more of this? What would this do? So he and I went to school through uh, Formula Botanica out of the UK in 2016. So we studied for months on how to make things. So were you already a part? Were you, were you, t- how did, oh, it's like, so it's a funny combination of, it's a lot of partnering. <laughs> we've been, we've been together for nine years almost, okay. or like okay. eight and a half. So, and we've been best friends for 17 years. I've known him since I was 14. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That's sweet. Yeah, All right. So he was, always, and was he a cannabis person before? Yeah, he like liked it a little bit, but he was like, I don't think I'm going to be in the industry. But prior to starting the business, we had tried to maybe start a food truck or we had gone through all these business plans and we were just like, we want to be entrepreneurs. We both had that that spirit. So we like shared that in common for sure. You have to go back to Northeastern and like share your love story, cannabis success story. I know, <laughs> I know. It's great. It's you should great. be on the cover um, of the magazine. Chanel Lindsay was on the cover of my uh, law school magazine once. So you guys should be there too. All right. That's Northeastern, if you're listening. All right, so you meet, you, you and Zach are get together. He's a formulator. You're sort of more of a marketer. And okay, what's next? Yeah, so after we had first launch, that was like in 2017 at Nikan is when we first started selling products. And they just blew up. Like we were selling so much at Nikan. We were like this, we have something here. I mean, And where were you making it? This At this time, we were making it in our home kitchen. And so Nikan, right after Nikan, this is April. And we are like, we need to expand. And like, we immediately after Nikan went and got an office space in May in Andover, which was like a small little 1100 square foot office space. We said, can we get cheaper rent? We'll do all the painting. We'll do all the, we ripped up flooring. Like Zach and I were like, yeah, we're carpenters. We can do this. And like halfway through, we're like, what did we do? What are we doing? Why are we painting? everything? this is a lot, but we renovated the whole thing. We sealed everything. We made it really, really nice for what we could for the space. And we were there for two and a half years until we moved to our bigger space. And so is that where you made everything and packaged everything? Yep. It was all in the little 1100 square foot office in Andover from May, 2017 until June of 2019. Okay. So it kind of goes back to your business part. So when I talk about CBD, it's such a weird industry. It's like, you kind of have to know who your farmer is. I don't know. It's weirdly, it's sometimes not, whatever. If you don't get a good product, you think it doesn't work. So you went through Massachusetts early. I'm sure you've had your own issues of, you know, getting the products you need and doing the thing. So what are some of the challenges you sort of faced as starting up this pioneers in this industry, the CBD health? I don't even know what you call it, the, the CBD hemp salvage. Industry. Yeah, hemp, hemp, hemp. Yeah. What do you yeah, what are the challenges? Industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in the early days, there were just really intense and heavy challenges like, hey, are we going to get credit card processing? Is that going to be taken away? A lot of those things, banking, they're still stressful, but they've gotten easier. In the early days, even just getting CBD was hard and getting a good quality full spectrum was really difficult. We've the whole time never used isolate. So getting, and now that we use organic, that's another level. So sourcing 
has gotten a lot easier, but we do source. Do you think that's because there are more people are coming into the industry and it's, and and you don't have to be state specific, do you? You can can source from outside the state. Yeah, it has to be through the USDA program. We actually source our current batches are from Massachusetts farms. Okay. But I know as time's going on, I don't know how many Massachusetts farmers are going to continue to grow hemp just because I hope that's not the case. Unless, But unless they're vertically integrated, just growing hemp, you're not going to really make a crazy amount of money to make it worth it in a lot of cases. With it's, so fu- I, like, it's frustrating. I feel like this needs to be this kind of arc topic. I want to get more involved with the hemp industry, but this idea that the government has to there has to be some sort of investment like they invested in like silicon valley like create they have to, be to fail enough to figure out how we're going to make these products with the hemp because the farmers want to grow it but there's yeah. nothing in the middle like it's not just cbd it's literally everything but we don't have the infrastructure it frustrates me and i can't do anything about it but talk about it on my podcast so yeah, yeah. i know i said frustration <laughs> so much and unfortunately the uh, can is getting kicked down the road a lot with the 28 28- 23 farm bill coming up. Can you talk a little bit about, I know that it's coming up and what do you think? I mean, you're involved with this. I wanted to talk about some of your activism, but like, what is, yeah. what is it that's coming up in the hemp bill? that might be different or might be better for the farmers. And so yeah. we're hoping to get clarification on the total overall THD percentage allowed. That might be increased to 1% to make it easier for farmers. Can you, and can you explain to that why yeah. I've talked about this before, but why that would be such a big, a great thing. Yeah. So right now, if your hemp as a hemp farmer comes out of the ground anywhere over 0.3% THC. What, what is a made up number? Just so everyone knows it's kind just, of a made just up number. Just arbitrarily pull, pull out of thin air. And if you grow hemp to full maturity, it almost always goes above 0.3. So a lot of times you're cutting down the hemp sooner. It's not going to get the full cannabinoid and terpene profile that it would if it grew to full maturity. And they, it's just it's just pretty much an arbitrary number. So if we could get it to like a 1% THC percentage, we'd be able to grow more genetics. We'd be destroying a lot less. I want. I don't want to pull an exact number out, but I know it was around anywhere from like 30 to 40% of Massachusetts hemp had to be destroyed because it grew hot. And that's just like so devastating. Never mind all the challenges that come with once you have the hemp, which is a lot, but never, you just had to destroy it because maybe a certain tests came back. There's certain labs, there's many different testing labs, which all have different testing standards and which come back differently on testing. So that's like a whole nother thing. And so these are all these just trying to go around this 0.3% number. If we raise that, it would make it so much easier and maybe having remediation paths and things like that. I'm hoping to see some kind of stance on hemp in food and pet products. Mm, Right now it's not allowed in Massachusetts and they will tell you it's because the FDA doesn't allow it. We all have seen hemp gummies everywhere, but we can't make them in Massachusetts. And technically they're not legal anywhere unless your state specifically allows for it. And it's an in-state sale. Okay. So if you're a (laughs) listener and you're confused by this. Yeah. All right. So very confusing. And there's just for listeners, there's zero enforcement. You never have to worry. You're going to get in trouble for having CBD gummies. It's just something that like local boards of health could give companies a hard time if they wanted to, but it would never fall back on the consumer. It's not, it's not illegal to have them. All right. So again, this is very confusing and we're kind of creating this weird division between the marijuana industry and what we're calling the hemp industry when it's all just the same plant and we make up these false divisions and there are people like Laura and other people out there who are trying to advocate at the federal level. That's a federal level issue. Create this so that farmers can grow it and we can use it because we could go from carbon to cannabis. I really believe that. All right. I would just have one more thing. The most exciting thing about hemp is it's not just CBD. Now it's becoming right. CBG, THCV, CBC, and then also the acidic versions of it. So CBDA is starting to get a lot of traction and CBGA. So there's just so many cannabinoids that we can grow with hemp, which is just so exciting. 
right, so I might totally offshoot on the hemp industry, but <laughs> I'm glad we did because it's important. All right, yeah. so you have the healing rose, you're coming up with these products and and you're growing. So what's happening next? So, so you're, yeah, you're so, over and then what happened? So 2018, we hired our first employee. Then just things really started picking up. We were able to hire two more employees and then we moved to Newburyport in June of 2019. And that was just such a, a game changer for us. We have 4,000 square feet here. Our facility here now is USDA certified organic and we're able to practice GMP here. We do have some room gr to grow, but hopefully within the next year or two, we will be moving into an even bigger space. Wow. And uh, okay, so just, just you have lots of great products. My favorite is the eucalyptus lemon ginger with menthol. I talk about like, I'm old and things hurt and <laughs> this really yeah, works. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have, diff I have the, some, I use the, I like the way the cocoa smells or like, I like all of them, but this one, how did you come up with the eucalyptus? Who was asking for this? Or was this just something that you thought was needed in the world? Yeah, so I'll never forget when we came up with that formula, I danced around the office, this like little happy dance. And I was like, this is it. This is like a magical product. Like I can't even believe it. like everything just came together so beautifully. Like when we do R&D, we go through dozens and dozens and dozens of different formulas and trying to figure out what's going to smell good work well. And that product right there was like, we want to relieve pain with this. Like we want the heavy hitter. We're going to come in and people are that are dealing with things that they thought they could not find relief for this salve is going to do that. It originally was actually at 600 milligrams CBD. And then about three years ago is when we launched it at double the strength at 1200 milligrams. And it was just like, boom, that next level for people. And this, and it's a nice combination of the menthol, which is I guess in its own self and the lemon ginger. What's the lemon ginger add to it? I don't know about Sure. So lemon, um, lemon's not as beneficial as like some of the other ingredients in there. That's probably the least, but it okay. still has some benefits. Ginger is warming. It actually helps bring ingredients, other ingredients in deeper to the skin. So it actually helps like open up your system and actually pull everything in, which is amazing. Obviously it's warming. The eucalyptus also really anti-inflammatory, analgesic. The menthol does the same thing as the ginger with helping pull things in deeper into your skin. So that's really great. And then the black pepper actually is found to work with your CB2 receptors. So it has beta carophylline in it. So that's why we throw that black pepper in there. And then there's also Arnica and Calendula herbal infusions. So those are herbs or sorry, flowers rather that are soaked in olive oil. Wow. And then those amazing properties get into the olive oil and then in the olive oil goes in the solve. Well, so this isn't made in your kitchen anymore, right? We have like a real yeah. factory and it's like, yes, it's, yes, is it made have... here? it's all made here in Massachusetts. Is that where you Yeah, So it's all made here in Newburyport in our facility, the certified organic, like I said, and we have an amazing all women production team of three that are so badass in there and they get stuff done so quickly and so beautifully. They have the highest standards for how the label looks and making sure everything's absolutely perfect. We've always been like that. Like, even if things are little crooked on labels. Like we're like, Hey, why don't we pull that? It might seem a little overkill, but we're all about trying to create that like perfect, consistent products for our customers. And as I've been a customer for years and years, it is very consistent. I feel very confident giving it to people. That is the thing. I try a lot of different things just because I talk to a lot of different people, but this idea that if people are going to start using CBD and it's not good the first time, they're going to get a bad impression. So it's, it's just, a, again, if you see it around, cause you're everywhere where can people, I mean, it's in Massachusetts, but where else is it? So, I mean, we've, so we've had wholesale accounts as far as Alaska over the years. So oh, wow. we literally, we actually had a dispensary in Alaska years ago that carried us, which I was like, this is crazy. Every time we ship one out, I'm like, does he know this is coming from Massachusetts? 
Shouts to Juno. It's that, that was, good, people. It's that yeah, good. <laughs> I had a show out in Oregon called the Rad Expo. So we've always, throughout the years, done expos like all over the place, just trying to, how can I spread our footprint and have people hear about us? So we did the Rad Expo in Portland, Oregon a few times. And we have some accounts in Washington from that, actually in Oregon, that still from the show that we have. Again, so there's a lot of CBD products out there, but this is one of the best ones. Um, and then new products. What are you coming up with? What are your next things? I heard you might have a suppository. I love talking yes. about suppositories. Ah, yes. I've been, <laughs> I've been getting them out for about like, oh my God. So I call myself the suppository fairy because I'm like, <laughs> I will get you free suppositories. You just have to send me your address. I've been doing it for like three, four years. I will send you some. I have both CBD and the CBG CBD ones. All right. So Dave, um, Dave, Dave knows I love to say, I get to say vaginal suppository on air. What a random thing. <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, yeah, exactly. And people are like so embarrassed to ask. I'm like, yes, they're vaginal and rectal suppositories. <laughs> and they, they work both ways. And I'm just trying to normalize that because, oh my God, our suppositories so amazing for so many different things. I mean, my one of my family members has uh, colitis and he will not go a day without using a CBD suppository. I mean, he gets drug tested. He's in law enforcement, so he's not able to use THC. But the CBD only ones are just like, because the CBG ones are full spectrum. So he, okay. won't, he won't use those, but the CBD only ones have like literally changed his life. He doesn't use steroid shots anymore. I mean, that's not co- uh, going to happen for everyone, obviously, but. But it's of- for inflammation. It's, and it's a good um, delivery system. So right? good for back pain. Yes, exactly. I know people this, we don't make THC ones, but if people are looking for like, are dealing with like really severe cases of like terminal cancer or like cancer, like they're trying to go like full THC rectal suppositories are like an amazing delivery method for getting like thousands of milligrams of cannabis in your system without it actually misses the first pass. So it actually will go right into your system and not get you super high and messed up, but you're able to get the cannabis into your system. So suppositories are like these amazing, amazing delivery method. This is amazing delivery method rather. And it's, I think going to be a game changer for people. So I'm super excited. I'm going to have them out on the market in February. So I cannot wait. I am. I'm happy for you because this is one of my favorite topics. All right. Let's see. And as if she were not busy enough, changing the world through ham, creating products. She is also the mother of twins who are how old now? 14 months. 14 months. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is a huge topic of discussion amongst my group. People talk to me. We're on air. Just There's a stigma, obviously, about moms and cannabis, um, specifically during pregnancy. But there's all sorts of discussions about how we can use it or not use it. Just, I know you've been pretty open about this. When you were pregnant, what was your relationship with cannabis? How has it been since the girls were born? And why do you, just that, that's enough, I guess. That's enough yeah. for the next 10 minutes. When I first got pregnant, I went quickly into my appointment and found out they were twins. So we knew from like six, seven weeks, we're having to immediately find out your high risk. You just, it's just a lot more when you're having multiples. So I ceased using any kind of inhalation or consumption method. I would never judge anyone who would. And I also would say that like, if I had a health condition that it was like, take a pharmaceutical or cannabis, I would go the cannabis route first, but I just don't have that medical necessity to use the cannabis internally. But did I use it topically? Oh my God. Yes. Every day I got prenatal massages with CBD. It was, yeah, it was such a game changer. I mean, the, the, I grew very large twins. They were over 16 pounds combined, like very, (laughs) so I was just so pregnant. I am like 5'11". So I do, I did carry it, you know, a little bit easier than if I was like five foot tall, but I don't think I would have been able to been working throughout till the end. And you were, you were till the end carrying two enormous 
girls? I came in, I went into the hospital on Halloween. We worked on Halloween for six hours to make sure everything was in order. I had a new employee starting in a few days before, like after. So I was like, I need to get her all set. And then we got, went into the hospital. That's, that's how I, that and I was, I was working. The superhuman qualities of Canada moms that just one more. Th- okay. I, yeah. I know the baby's coming out, but I just, one more thing. I'll be good. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. And I was like, I was like, I remember in the hospital laying there. I'm like, Zach, there's a live chat. He's like, Laura, I have it all handled. You just gave birth. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but it's like the Halloween sale. Like that's one of our biggest sales of the year. And it was the day we went in for the, for the induction. And so it was, it was wild. Um, right, so, you had, so you, so you, yeah, so you had the girls and how did you feel pretty much? I mean, how did you feel after the birth? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up having a C-section after like a failed two and a half day induction. So by the time I got home, it was seven days in the hospital and I was like, so ready to finally take a dab. <laughs> that was I did, like, this is so funny because I, I used to ask people, or I think this is the first time I heard it, what your favorite way to consume is. And I, you were like one of the first person who ever said dabbing. And I was like, ah. Oh. Dabbing hash. <laughs> I love hash rosin, solventless. Like it's the cleanest. It's not harsh on my lungs. It's it's the best. So as soon as I got home, I ditched any Advil or Tylenol. Um, that was all I was using after my C-section anyway, but I didn't use, I think I maybe used Advil like twice after just to get with some of the inflammation, but I just used cannabis and I didn't have any issues. I mean, no Percocets. They gave me Percocets. I had two Percocets. I got a, I got a script. I was like, no, 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 no. That makes me, nope, nope. That's not me. That was, it was a bad idea. I'm glad you're not doing that. It was a terror. I mean, I was like really loopy, but I was in a lot of pain. I'd never been in that kind of pain. If you're in that kind of pain, you got it. You got to take it. And you're like, I'm in pain and I have to take care of another person. That really doesn't seem fair. I don't get that. I know. And I actually dislocated yeah, my kneecap. I dislocated my kneecap a half hour before my C-section. So I was on crutches for two weeks after. And Zach, my partner, had to do all of the diaper changes and lifting. So okay. he was the MVP. Okay. So you have a baby, you come home, two babies, you come home. And then just what's, what is it? What is your relationship with cannabis now in terms of like, and how do you talk to other mothers? Is there been any like, like stigma for you and your, I don't know if in your mom group is it's going to be like oh we can't play with her is any of that stuff happening yeah I mean I will say like I do sense that with like meeting meeting new moms uh, I want to say there's so much stigma since I'm coming from like a hemp perspective that's kind of where what I will talk about I'm not like oh yeah and I was like I love hash rosin to someone I wouldn't know yeah that's not usually how I break the ice with like a new mom <laughs> but like I, I did coach sports prior to becoming a mom for eight years so I dealt with a lot of parents who knew what I did And I think it's just about normalizing it. I'm never like seeming so intoxicated or anything like that, where I'm not in control of myself. I I set a good example for people that use cannabis. I try to, and a lot of, I mean, my current friends all know I use cannabis and if they don't currently, they don't judge. But that again, once you normalize, you don't have to talk about it anymore. So again, my generation, we wouldn't even, we would find it, but we'd get really far away from the kids because God forbid the children should see as we drank our wine whatever but now <laughs> if you just normalize it these kids are growing up they're so smart they see it it's just mommy's medicine it's not exactly. anything they're interested in and you feel better so you're a better parent yeah and just having that separate space in your house and just keeping everything safe and making sure that things are locked up away from their, your kids and if you just keep everything separate just like you would alcohol it's it's not any different yeah exactly so you can do this people it's great um so what kind of interesting do they do they i don't know they're so little they're, they're just like what do they do now 
like crawling and running. Oh my god! Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are really into their books. They love reading. One of my daughters loves putting everything on her head. So like she's bouncing like three different pieces of food, or like walking around with bowls on her head. Like they're just really funny, quirky. They have their own little twin language. Yeah, they're running around. They're just it's it's the best having twins. A lot of people say, oh like oh, better you than me or like those type of things are like I can't imagine I'm like trust me it's twice as fun it's not twice the work it might seem like it but raising two kids back to back is twice the work raising okay. two kids at once is not I swear you can cut a lot of you can double up on some of the stuff so. and she's a can of mom she's healthy she's happy she's enjoying it I, I will say after my son when I met people who had twins I did feel a little sorry for them because I'm like oh my god <laughs> Yes. I, 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 and I understand that perspective because you don't know, but I'm telling you, like they entertain each other. They see each other eat. They're like, Hey, you're sleeping. I'm sleeping. They like, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure not every twin situations like that, but we are loving twin life since day one. Like it's, it's been the most amazing thing. And they're in the Canna family. That is so amazing. All right. So you're kind of doing a lot of stuff. You're kind of keeping it going in Massachusetts. What's coming up for 2023? You're still doing some advocacy. Any new, well, we talked about the suppositories. Anything else coming up that you want to plug? Oh, yeah. So we're coming out with a THCV tincture and a CBN tincture. And they do have other cannabinoids, but those are going to be the featured cannabinoids. So like an uplifting one for daytime, getting things done, feeling good, and then a, a sleeping one, uplift and snooze. So super excited about that. On the advocacy front, we are going to be doing just a meeting with legislators and talk, advocating for farmers. We have some things set up with both CCC commissioners. They'll meet with us from time to time and hear us and hear our grievances. We just like to just that's what kind of all you can do is just express like our point of view and see what they can do. So we're keeping up with that on the Massachusetts Hemp Coalition front. And yeah, I'm just excited to see what the 2023 and nervous with the 2023 Farm Bill holds and what that means for hemp. So we'll see. Me too. I, whatever. I just, the voices are out there. If you're listening and you want to get involved with hemp, this is a good person to reach out to. And if someone wants to reach you, connect with you, how do they find you? And if they want to find your products, what's the best way to find them? Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Laura, B-E-O-H-N-E-R, Beener. I'm the only one on there. So that's easy. <laughs> The Healing Rose is uh, The Healing Rose Co. So thehealingroseco.com. That's our website. We ship within 24 hours. We're very, very quick with that. There's almost always a sale running on the top banner. And yeah, you can also find us on uh, Instagram at thehealingrose underscore. Excellent. Thank you, Laura. Well, I'll see you at Nikan. Will you be there? Are you going to be there this year? Oh yeah, we got a double booth in the first row. On so when you walk in, entrance all the way down. Mark hooked us up with a really great price on a huge booth. So we're all gonna right, make so a big splash. If you're there in March, check them out. They always have a beautiful booth and they have awesome products. So that's a show, another show. So for my friend Laura Beener and my Canna Bro David Jazz, and of course our Canna Mom Show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is The Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, 
Come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.